I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Let's just start with, um, why don't you tell me just really briefly kind of like what you do and how you got into doing it? Okay, what I do... Well, you know that I've got a group, um, the Tudors, and we go all around the country to these fabulous houses, these stately homes and castles, and bring history to life at these places by dressing in Tudor costume, showing, I mean, it's more for the children, I mean, adults love it as well, but it's more for the children to get them interested, because if we spark a little bit of interest in a child and make that child want to learn more about the Tudors, then we've done our job, yeah. you know. So we really, we really enjoy bringing history to life at these places. It's a great joy. Also, I mean, I've always been fascinated with Tudor costume. Mm. And Henry, that's enough. He's revving a car. He's, I can't believe he's revving a car <laughs> No. So, I mean, the Tudor costume, I've always been fascinated with Tudor costume. Mm. Um, I've always sewing. So I combined the two, my love of history, mm. my love of the Tudor costume, and then brought the sewing into it because, I, I, you know, I do love, love sewing. I'm, I'm not an expert, I wouldn't say, by any stretch of the imagination. And there's a lot of seamstresses who are magnificent. Mm. But, you know, I'm, I've been sewing now for many, many years, and I take my patterns from portraiture, mm-hmm. try and get as close to the actual portrait as I possibly can. And it, it you know, my dresses are, are well, I they're think they're, they're fabulous. Yeah, they are. I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got, a, I've got an exhibition at Barclay Castle running at the moment, and that's running until the 1st of October. Mm. Um, from there it's going to the Mary Rose Museum so um, my group and myself are actually tutoring at the Mary Rose Museum in October and at, uh, in December as well so mm-hmm. really looking forward to that so I've got loads lined up oh, to do um, I mean we've got to keep our history alive you mm-hmm. know and the children are part of the future historians yeah. so we need so um tell me about getting dressed as a tutor tell me how tutors got dressed okay how tutors got dressed well first of all you know the, 
they were naked. Right. They were, you know, we're talking about the royal Tudors now. They'd have ladies in waiting who'd come and they'd wash them down, oil the skin, make sure they were clean. Because people have got this sort of illusion that all Tudors were filthy. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. I mean, in Port Palace, they had hot and cold running water, which is mm-hmm. like amazing, yeah. you know, for, for the Tudor times. Um, then the ladies in waiting, four or five ladies in waiting, they'd start, they'd put on a shift, which is like um, a little nightdress. Mm-hmm. After the shift, they put on the petticoat, which usually was made out of red wool because apparently red was the colour of religion mm-hmm. and it would protect you from disease. So a red petticoat was a really good idea. Mm-hmm. After that, they put my favourite piece on, which is a bum roll, which is the only time I've ever got a bottom. <laughs> and that gave a beautiful shape um, to the skirt and showed all the fabulous pleating in the back of the um, your kirtle and your over gown. Um, after the bum roll, then you put on your kirtle, and that's the piece of clothing that's got the fabulous fabric at the front, all very um, decorative fabric mm-hmm. and around the lower edge of the back train mm-hmm. of the kirtle. Also the piece that's got all the um, jeweling mm-hmm. around the neck as well. So that would go on, it's all laced up. After that they put on the overgown. There's mm-hmm. obviously the, the part that you see, the, the full gown that you see and that was laced up. Then they pin on the placard, which is the bit that goes across the front of the gown. After that, they put on the sleeves, which were separate from the gown, and tied those on inside the sleeve of the overgown. And then you'd put your jewellery on, and your hat was the French hood or gable hood or whatever. So it was a long, drawn-out process. But, um, I mean, I've done it many, many times in exhibitions and demonstrations, and the end result's beautiful, so it's well worth all the hassle. And how long does it take you to get dressed when you do it? Um, well, when I do it, it usually take, takes between half an hour, three quarters of an hour. Um, if you're really in a rush and have to do it very, very quickly, you can, you can cut that down to a bare minimum of, like, 25 minutes. Mm. Um, but that's, like... A real rush but back in the day back in the 16th century it would have been quite a long drawn-out process it would have t- taken only about an hour an hour and a half and you know you've got to bear in mind as well that a lady would perspire and mm-hmm. so she'd be changing her shift which is the undergarment mm-hmm. next to her skin a few times a day mm-hmm. to stay fresh and to stop the clothes from smelling like you know sweaty um, so you'd have to go through that process a few times a day, and that's a lot. I mean, it makes you realise, you know, leggings and a sweatshirt doesn't look <laughs> as feminine, but my God, they're a lot more, you know, easy to wear. So. <laughs> yeah. What are the materials, um, like, that the shift would have been made out of? And you mentioned some of, like, the wool and things, but what, what kind of materials are we talking about? Shift, the... the Thing that the, the garment that was closer to you made out of it was very, very fine linen um, or silk. 
I mean, I've got them made out of both fabrics, slinning and silk, because they're both natural fabrics mm. and do wick away any perspiration from your body to keep you warm in the in the winter and cool in the summer. And that's what you need, you know. You mm. need a, a fabric that, that's going to be conducive in both weathers. Mm. So uh, I think um, very fine linen or silk. Yeah. And then can you tell that's me... That. Can you tell me like how fashions changed from the during the century? Because there were a lot of, I would think, um, advances with trade and things like that. Would like would colors have changed or anything? Well, you've got to think. I mean, you know, the sixteenth century was a time when we were discovering new places, new continents. Yeah. There were people coming abroad, and obviously, in different countries, you've got different fashions. <laughs> so, how different, really? today i mean we get a lot of fashions from milan and paris that come over to england and we sort of adapt them to what we want them to be you know Mm -hmm. and it was the same in those days i mean they used to go like anna Cleves, for instance she came over from um, Cleves, and she had a different style a more burgundian type Mm -hmm. style of gown um different headwear and what have you and there were different aspects of her fashion sort of drawn into the English fashion as well. The same with the French court, mm-hmm. with Anne Boleyn. You know, yeah. a lot of the French fashions became even more fashionable mm-hmm. in England when Anne Boleyn sort of was in the king's favour and then became queen. So not a lot has really changed mm-hmm. since then, fashion-wise. I mean, you know, Anne Boleyn in her day was what Princess Diana was to us mm-hmm. with fashion, you know. So, um... I wouldn't say that things have changed that much fashion-wise. You've always got your icons. Mm-hmm. Anne Boleyn was the icon of her day in, with her fashion from the French mm-hmm. court. And Princess Diana was an icon with her fashion as well. So, yeah. you know, we always look to sort of aspire to be these fabulous sort of icons and, and virtues of womanhood. And, yeah. uh, you know, we take the best fashion-wise and the way they are and try to aspire to be like them. Yeah. I think it still happens today. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, let's sit, we're still talking about Anne over 500 <laughs> years. We are. Something. We are, it's true. So um, I'm curious about, you've mentioned the different countries, and like Catherine of Aragon had that gabled hood, and then Anne Boleyn had the French hood. Can you tell me about like the headwear too? did wear a French hood long before um, Anne Boleyn was ever got into the king's favour, you know. Mm-hmm. So the French hood was worn by Catherine of Aragon mm-hmm. and Anne Boleyn wore a gable hood as well. Mm-hmm. There's portraits of yeah. Anne Boleyn, many portraits wearing a gable hood. So these, mm-hmm. these different types of headwear were actually at the English court. Anne Boleyn did make it more in vogue. Mm-hmm. She became... Um, consort to the king of england you know Mm -hmm. because everyone wanted to be like uh, the chosen girl of the time you know and and they did copy that more so when Boleyn was was queen but yeah um catherine of aragon did work the uh, the the french hood Mm -hmm. and Boleyn wore the gable and vice versa you know so they both they both sort of took the turns in uh, wearing the different headwear but i think picture of catherine of aragon you, you see more portraiture of her 
in the gable hood, right? Mm-hmm. The, the large sort of dog kennel gable, whereas the Anne Boleyn gable hood that she wore was more fitted to the face mm-hmm. and I think a lot more um, complementary to, to the shape of the face as mm-hmm. well than the, the big the big gable hood. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, what's, what's one kind of, do you have a favorite, I don't know, was there like a trend that you look at that was during the 16th century that, you know, you could say like, I don't know, with us, like the eighties and neon or something like, was there any kind of like trends during that time that you look at that you really especially like? Um, I think the French style of gown is my favorite, um. I just love the, the cut of it. I love the, the back pleating of it. Um, everything about it, to me, screams femininity. Yeah. It, it looks, I mean, it, it is a nightmare to wear because there's, there's a lot going on with, with the French court mm-hmm. gown. But I think for, for the, the cut of it and the, the actual finished look, I think it's absolutely spectacular. I'm actually mm-hmm. making one at the moment mm-hmm. in green. Which is, it's been an absolute nightmare to make, let me tell you, because it's it's very, very heavy velvet, but it's um, emerald green. Mm. I'm doing it for the, I'm doing the Tudor Tapestry Tour with um, Alison Weir, so I want to get it finished oh, wow. that, yeah. um, so I can wear for the demonstration for that, so, uh, but it's, it's, it's absolutely stunning, it's a stunning gown, but I'm, I'm just finishing the, um, detailing on the on the kirtle the jeweling on the kirtle mm. so my, my fingers are shot at the moment <laughs> it'll work yeah <laughs> it's a nightmare but i'll get it. i will get it all the time i will mm. get it but they take so long to make though you know it's mm. like it's not it's not get it done in a, in a month i mean these these gowns take forever to make. i mean i'm just um doing petticoat at the moment and as you say i don't know if you can see mm-hmm. but it's all hands oh wow it's all this thing's all hands so and i've only got that far with it at the minute oh, so i've got the skirt to put on that's going to be fun isn't it <laughs> that's amazing well i'll get yeah uh, but it's with when he's when he's white i can't i can't do any sewing yeah do you know if this was a bit Starve to death, and that's no lie, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I, you just I've got to wait till he goes to sleep and then get some fabric out and do a little bit of cutting out and a little bit of sewing, and yeah. and then you know, he's awake before you know where you are, and by that time, I'm exhausted. So when he goes off to school, I'll go to sleep, you yeah. Know? So uh, yeah. after mummy jobs, that is right, but it's, it's, it's a long job. It's a long. It's a long, hard thing making a gown. But when it's finished, it's so worth it. Mm. I mean, it's it's just a joy to be able to see them. And it's like with the girls in my group as well. You know, when they're all dressed fabulous, and yeah. I see them walking around, and and it brings me a, a tremendous amount of pride to see them, and yeah. and people admire them and what have you. It, it's a lovely feeling. It mm. really is a lovely feeling. Yeah. Same with the exhibition of castle you know you see all these costumes and you walk in and think wow and they think oh my god i made those yeah. <laughs> you know it's like it, it's just so surreal going yeah. from someone who, who was so enraptured with the with the tudor dynasty 
to being somebody who's actually involved with the recreation mm. of these beautiful pieces you know it's mm. just it's it's a dream come true for me it really mm. is and I'm very blessed by God to, to have the capability of being able to do that mm. wow congratulations that's so beautiful <laughs> lovely of you to say thank you. Mm. <laughs> um can you tell me about you mentioned how long the gowns take to make do you know anything about like how people shopping so like how did how did people actually get their clothing like i noble women i wouldn't assume made their own they had people to do it but like how what did that process look like right well i mean it's the same really as any kind of shopping in those days people would come to say the castle with, with swatches of fabrics mm -hmm. and show the you know the lady of the the house or whatever the, the swatches of fabrics you know and they'd take have a look at the colors because i mean there was a vast variety of colors that we weren't back in those days they weren't restricted if you had the money mm -hmm. you could it's the same you've got the money you can get anything you can get yeah. a horse in a hoop skirt if one, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and it was the same in those days you yeah. know like i say not a lot's changed you know so the majority of of colors of fabrics and and the fabrics themselves like damasks and satins and silks um they they could get so they'd come they'd show you know the peddler would come or, or, or the merchant would come with the different fabrics show them the fabrics if they like the fabric then they would buy the fabric mm -hmm. and they'd have seamstresses who would make up the gowns to their specifications so mm -hmm. it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be very much different to us going to, you know, whichever shop and buying fabric that we wanted and mm -hmm. then making it ourselves. You know, it's not it's not that much different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the, the fact is they had servants to make the, mm -hmm. their clothes for them. They didn't have to uh, sit and sew them. Yeah. They recycled a lot of clothes, didn't they? Like, the, because of the expense of fabric, didn't even, like, noble people kind of recycle their clothing and keep using the, the expensive cloth? But the beauty with the, with the cloth as well, I mean, the kirtles underneath these gowns are interchangeable. Mm. So you could have one over and three or four different kirtles to go underneath, which would make the gown look totally different because they'd be yeah. different colours, different fabric. So these gowns, you know, you get a lot of it. I mean, I do it myself with my gowns. Yeah. You know, I do use the same over gown and use different kirtles, and it changes the whole look of the gown. Mm -hmm. So interesting. You know, it's this horses for courses. That what they did then, we do now because it's all the same kind of items. Mm -hmm. You know, different sleeves, different kirtles, and you just change change the the those and keep the same over gown so you could have a lot of different um, costumes mm -hmm. using the same over gown different colored kirtles and sleeves yeah and headwear of course yeah and so when you knowing so much about fashion when you watch period tv like the tudors or something what do you do <laughs> don't even get me started please <laughs> I mean, you watch them, and there's so many mistakes. But what you've got to realise is these programmes like the Tudors and, and Rain, mm -hmm. you know, 
I mean, there's so many mistakes. But they're getting the man in the the, the man on the street interested yeah. in history. Yeah, okay, absolutely. it's not it's not a hundred percent. You know, well, it's not it's not even half of that. Some of it, you know, <laughs> correct. But it's getting them interested, sure. and anything that will get interested in history is all right in my book yeah. because that makes them want to know more, and then they'll pick up a book, hopefully, yeah. read something about history, get onto one of the channels like you know History Hit, uh-huh. which has like yeah. proper history, yeah. and and it just makes people inquisitive and curious, and they want to know more. So you know, rock on with the, all these programs. The mm-hmm. costumes may not be history accurate uh-huh. but they've done history because people are watching them and wanting to know more so yeah you know it's you can't say that they're doing a bad thing no absolutely but you are the the fashion expert so what can you tell me like for somebody who doesn't know like what are the main things that are that that you see and you say oh i wish it was like this or well the fabric fabrics okay. you know a lot of fabrics you don't have gold armor in um, Tudor times, okay, you know, you had cloth of gold, which is a total thing, yeah. but there's a lot of fabric trimmings that aren't as they would have been in the day. Um, you would have, you know, the fact that the dresses are one piece, mm. there's no placard placing, yeah. um, these are things that you have had back in the day. The pinning, Wolf Hall were fabulous, I've got to say, because they had the the um, placards pinned, they used mm-hmm. proper pins, which mm-hmm. you would have done back in the day. But I suppose when you think about it as well, you've got to think about the health and safety aspect and mm-hmm. you've got actors and act- actresses and they're doing what they do and it would be a bit of a liability using pins in case they cut themselves or got yeah. caught or got stabbed with the pin. And I know I, I've been stabbed with the pin many, many times, yeah. so I do know it's not a pleasant experience. Yeah. So, um, you know, make it look as authentic as they can yeah. without it being authentic. So that takes some... Sure. You know, I've made gowns myself, which are theatrical gowns. They're not historically accurate. Yeah. Um, and you just try and look as authentic as you can without mm-hmm. having all the authentic bits like the pinning, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the dresses that I make for my group are HA. They're all mm-hmm. hand-sewn, and goodness knows yeah. what else. So a lot of work goes then but these people who, who don't want the HA they want the look but they mm-hmm. don't want all the all the palaver with them and that's what you know that's what you do for if people don't want all the palaver then you make something that's looks right but actually yeah. isn't yeah historical so just real quick I have to ask you because you mentioned the pinning what did people use to like there weren't zippers so what did people use to keep things closed well, they used, um, they had hand-sewn, so, you know, you get your eyelets on, mm. your, on your gowns, mm-hmm. okay. and they would hand-sew them, mm. and lace, lace up, for the front of the gown, they'd use ladder lacing, um, which would in, just entail one lace, which would yeah. um, lace through all the, mm. um, and that would keep the front of your gown. And then the pins, I mean, you've heard of a husband giving his wife pin money. Yeah. And that is, that comes back hey, uh-huh. when if you didn't have pins to put your gown, you couldn't get dressed. Yeah. So that's where the old the old adage comes, giving your wife pin yeah. money. So you could buy pins so you could dress yourself properly. <laughs> and that comes 
back in the day when pins were used. That's so great. That's great. Um, is there is there anything else? Like, is there anything else you want to say? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um. Well, I mean, my my thing is is the costume and bringing history to life. I mean, it's yeah. important for us. You know, women love costume. Yeah. They love costume, and this is why. You know, with the exhibition and things, it's gone down seriously well mm-hmm. because women always flock to the gowns. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I mean, I know I do it myself when I when I went to the the V and A and I was yeah. looking at all the fabulous costumes and I'm, I'm in heaven. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and you can see them and the children. The mm-hmm. children love all the costumes as well. I don't know whether it's the colours or the jewels. They're mm-hmm. like little magpies. You know, they love all the jewels. And it's lovely to watch, and you can you can actually see them just building. Yeah. So when you actually stand in front, like I do, the dressing of the Tudor Queen, where I'll show um, step by step all the different parts of, of getting dressed, mm-hmm. uh, how a Tudor Queen would have been dressed. Yeah. <clears throat> and all the little children sit down, and the mums and dads are all sat there as well. And it's amazing to watch the little faces with all these different parts of the costume mm-hmm. and they're so in with what's going on you know I mean mm-hmm. think little ones of like five and six years old their attention spans are very very short they'd be wanting to do other things but not at all I mean the little ones who came and they was watching were sat there till the very very end and one of the mummies actually came up to me and said my daughter said it was stunning and this mm-hmm. is a tiny little girl yeah. But oh my goodness, well, what? If a little tot of that age has enjoyed it, mm-hmm. then be doing something like The fact that, you know, they see the costumes and they listen to how a queen was dressed in those days and then mm-hmm. they want to know about, you know, the queen um, and the limb. And I remember a little boy came up to me and he was only, he was only about, I think he must have been only about heart's age, about eight mm-hmm. years old, and he came up and he said, when we go home, do you die? Because <laughs> oh, he, he thought you were in. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. listened to the story of Anne Boleyn. Yeah. And he was trying to warn me, you know, in mm. his own way. And I thought, well, he's got a whole story, though. Mm. You know, he's just got to work on it a little yeah. bit. But, I mean, think children. It, the, it's their imagination. And mm. I think that's a wonderful thing because child's imagination is awakened and they, uh, they do want to know more and this is what we've got to do we've got to the children about the love of history really get them involved and make it fun for them you know i mean there's so many many groups that that do a magnificent job mm-hmm. with with the you what have you but what you've got to remember is you've got to keep it as authentic as possible but still make it fun yeah i mean i i try to keep my group as authentic as I can but I'm you know we take authenticity to a certain level I mean we don't speak in Latin okay. you know or we don't speak in old English so that people can't understand what we're saying I mean we're, we're all quite capable of doing that but the fact of the matter is we want to involve people with what we do mm-hmm. we don't want them to feel as though we're unapproachable yeah. you know I want to be very and I want people to be able to come up to me and ask me questions, especially the children. Mm. So if you make yourself sort of uns- 
approachable, then that is not a good thing, especially yeah. in what we do. You've got sure. to be very, very approachable so people can come and ask you questions if yeah. they want to. Yeah. And that, I think that's really important, Heather. I yeah. really do. You know, yeah. and all these groups that do the reenactment, I mean, God bless them. You know, they're doing a fantastic job and we need more of them. We mm. really do. Get the yeah. word out. Get yeah. the word out there. Yeah such wise words um so where where can people learn more well, about you tell, tell me where people can find you like online well, and then in person and all of that it, it, well they listen i'm the tudor dreams historical costume yeah on okay. facebook okay. i'm i'm you know i answer questions when I, when i can when i've got a bit, little bit of time um and i love getting you know new new uh faces on the facebook page it's always great to have a chat mm -hmm. um and they can find me there or on twitter as well i'm on twitter mm -hmm. tudor dreams gina clark um and it's you know and you can find me there which is great um if you're coming over to england in the mm -hmm. in the near future you know come and see the mm -hmm. exhibition at barclay castle that would be fantastic yeah. that's running till the first of october and then it's going to the mary rose museum right. so it couldn't go anywhere no. anywhere better you know that's awesome so, um, i'm really excited about it you yeah. know uh, so uh, and it's gone so well I'm, I'm so pleased with the way it's gone Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.